Hello and welcome back to episode 18 of The Redo. Uh, this is John and my our, our second episode of the year and of the summer. Uh, pretty good for us, I have to say. So today, we, yeah, we've got lots of life catch up. Hopefully it'll be as interesting to you as it <laughs> may be to us. Um, Adderall, music, and Trader Joe's tasting panel. <laughs> so... I believe this is our third episode, actually. Of, of the year? year? So we're, no. we're, we're doing a great job. I think it's our second, dude. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, well, whatever. You know, who cares? Who cares, really? That sounds great. Three, three sounds pretty good. We'll get there. Yeah. So, you know, let's start Let's start with some life updates. I feel like people want to know where we are. because People want to know, yeah. <laughs> you are at home. I am also at home. This is arguably the first podcast that we've both made. We're both at home. I'm back in San Diego. True. Um, when I'm in Pacifica. In this is true. This is true. And um, not- it's summer. Yeah. Um, which seems like important to date what we're doing because, yeah. But tell us, because there's a lot of things been happening for you, right? Yes, for us, respectively. But yes, yes. So this is our, our catch-up section. Um, oh, shall I go first? You you have to go first because you oh, I have to go. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. But let's talk about, okay, so writing updates. It's so cool to be able to say that because it's that's usually like once a year and the rest of the time it's like, ah, I want to, but, yeah. uh, and the sim's like, okay, keep going. I want to go faster. So the biggest ones that have come up since the last pod, and I thought this was going to be under missed opportunities, but then it, it, it materialized. So I got a piece in Esquire published. I, I guess Esquire.com. I don't know if it's going to be in print. Doesn't matter. Not. You don't, it you don't, put that. yeah. It, I know. It, Esquire's Esquire. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Exactly. So it was, it, I credit you, John, because you're the one, there was a call on Twitter uh, from like a general Hearst Media editor about like, hey, are you laid off restaurant worker? Do you write? Like DM me. So John sent it to me and I wrote the dude and I, you know, I thought it was like a long shot because I'm sure like a thousand people wrote back to him. And then he actually wrote back to me and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I, so I just wrote this, basically just want like, what are you cooking or drinking at home? Just, you know, just like basically pandemic recipes, but because you work in food and we're probably broke, like be a little bit more innovative or whatever. So that ended up running in Esquire. I didn't know where it was going to end up. Um, and then that was, and they, you know, I have to say like they're, the editor there, like they're very good about getting back to you with email. I thought, I'm sure they're swamped all the time, but um, like the associate lifestyle editor, I think would, would always update me. She'd be like, Hey, sorry, I'm not quite sure when it's running yet, but I think it's going to be soon. And then even like without me reminding her, she would be like, Hey, I have an update for you. We don't know yet. <laughs> Wow. What a change to have people who are responsive and update you. I know. I was like, holy shit. Thank you. So it finally ran and that was really exciting. And so far, so I'm like, I need to put this, I finally get it now when like other freelance writers are like words and they have all these huge publications and I'm like, oh really? And then I realized like, you can just do that if you have one piece. (laughs) Like I write for this publication because they're not lying. You're like, you've done it. So I get to do Nobody's that Nobody's researching it necessarily, you know. No. Like, what did you actually do? Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, another ad little profile sweetie thing. So that was cool. Oh, it was a, it was a veggie burger recipe that um, mostly my boyfriend developed, but I wrote about it. So it's team effort. That was exciting. And then also related to writing, I forgot if I had mentioned, so I wrote this personal essay about spam during coronavirus and just how, like, a vegetarian boyfriend, I was like, oh, my food writing is related to him, I guess. But, I mean, we live, you know, we're around each other a lot these days. So I guess that makes sense. But, um, it was just about, like, he's a vegetarian, doesn't, like, smell spam. 
I love eating spam. And then like during COVID, it just feels it's comfort food. And then especially it's so strongly associated with being Asian American now and Pacific Islander American now that it just feels like more important to be able to eat it because, you know, there's all this anti-Asian uh, sentiment, hate crimes, whatnot. And so it's about that. And then a good friend of mine, filmmaker Jin Yu Kim, went to college together. She's a great filmmaker, mostly documentary. Um, went to USC, all that fancy stuff. She's very good. Uh, she was like, hey, Richard, um, essay, and I want to make a short documentary out of it. I was like, what? No way. So she pitched it at the last minute, was told that it would, probably would not get approved, and it did. And so uh, she made this two-minute documentary. I did the voiceover for it. It was really bad. And I was like, man, I really appreciate professional voice actors now because to do this like damn two-minute voiceover like took, a long time. <laughs> it took a really long time. I was like, man, I see you got to do the exercises, got to feel relaxed and stuff because you can hear all that if you're tense or nervous, right? You're crossing um, mediums already. Crossing media. I know. I was like, oh, just media. I just in media. And that is, and she's being nice. She's like, oh, yeah, you're a producer. Like, you wrote it. You produced it. I was like, I didn't do anything, yes. dude. Oh, no, <laughs> sure. no, no, you did. <laughs> she's did. like, I'm giving you an above the line credit. And I was like, what does that mean? Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. And the cool part is that, <clears throat> so it's on Asian American Documentary Network's Instagram account. It's just, it's two minutes. So check it out. And she's hoping that. Um, since it got approved that she wants to work on a longer documentary about spam because there are a couple out there, but it doesn't seem like any touch uh, go in depth about like, yeah, like the military history of spam and like why it's so huge and like in like Asian and Asian American like cuisine. So that would be very, very cool. And of course the fantasy is to get enough funding to be like, we're going to both of us at least like go to the spam museum in the Midwest. You're going to get free spam for the rest of your life. Uh, that um, would be fantastic. Yeah. And I go to like Waikiki Spam Jam, which we both have been to separately before uh, for the documentary. Hopefully we can, this can happen. Hopefully people can tr- travel for real again and all that. So that's the good, the good update. And the last thing I'll say before I <laughs> hand the mic over to John is that, um, so a few weeks ago, there was this massive fire in San Francisco um it was a five alarm fire which i don't know what that means but it was huge so like it was uh, the soma district it, it damaged like six commercial buildings including the shared kitchen um that uh my boss was based so that's where i had worked the past few years it's totally gone everything is gone and so it's like during covid of course food businesses are totally already struggling many have already closed but on top of that it's like oh well a fire just like destroyed your place of work so you like really don't have anything right now so that's extra crazy. Um, so it's fundraisers, all that. There's stuff happening. It's overall seems to be to, doing pretty well with her and a few other businesses. So I pitched a story about it because I was like, I have a connection to it. Um, and I, you know, I heard back. So then I, you know, doing the reporting, whatever, whatever. And then just as I'm almost like done with the reporting and I'm writing it, uh, one of the tenants was like, oh, hey, this person, basically the owner, like wants to see if he can help you with the story. And I was like, what? Okay. I don't really have space for it, but I'm going to just out of courtesy, like, do you want to comment? And then what happened was that called me and then like a crazy person started threatening me. Like, he's like, I don't want the story to run. Wait, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Exactly. I was like, this is a pretty boring story, to be honest. Like, there's nothing. It wasn't about uncovering or trying to uncover unsavory, like business practices or scandal or expose of anything. It was like, 
these businesses are destroyed and what are they doing now? You know, like that's exactly what the story is. And he came out of like nowhere and like inserted himself into this situation. How? Via digital means? Well, through this one person, like I was given his phone number. So I texted him and then he called me. And then, you know, it was like, I have a large team of lawyers. He's like, I don't want the story to run. I was like, what are you talking about? Okay, yeah. Yeah, so it was really insane. Um, And then I was surprised at how calm I was on the phone because I think I was just, well, I was like, this is coming out of nowhere. So, and I knew that I wasn't doing anything wrong. So I was like, well, you you don't have a say in this. Like, it's really final final calls. What was his objection? It's one of those people, and I've worked with uh, people like him before occasionally. It's like they're so controlling uh, to the point of like being paranoid, like so protective over something that they're involved in that they get really paranoid about um, the way that it may be portrayed by anyone else other than themselves, I guess. And so I think that, I mean, to a lesser degree, that happens all the time with with journalism, right? Because like you're writing about something and people are like, oh, I want to see it first. And like, you can't see it. It's This is not your publication. It's not your story. If you want control over how you're portrayed, like then you need to pay a PR team to put out a statement or what you say, whatever you want about yourself, but you cannot control this newspaper or whatever, right? I mean, in in principle. So uh, to a lesser degree, I've dealt with that, you know, many times before, but this was like totally... A whole new level <clears throat> and yeah coming out of nowhere and then <laughs> i got a phone call from one of the people um saying that they had to drop out because there was like some help promised that would have been withheld if this person had participated in the story and again being like for what fucking reason <laughs> right and so I was like, great, are people just going to drop out like flies? And so then this is a long update, but dramatic and kind of fresh just from this week. Um, <clears throat> I basically wanted to check with each person I talked to because I was like, everyone talked to me willingly. Nobody mentioned, oh, this was also what pissed me off. He said there wasn't, there was like an NDA um, in the contract saying that, that nobody could participate in stories or talk about this, this place or say, say its name. Um, so I was checking with them and no one, I wanted to see the actual contract. However, two of them said, okay, I just reread it. I don't see anything related to that. And two of them, other ones were like, there's nothing related to that at all. So I was like, okay, here's this like rich ass entitled white dude. I will say that. There's some shady shit going down. I was like, yeah, you're trying to silence people and me and like trying to use your money to get your way. And also you're threatening me, but has no base. And you're threatening me with a lie. <laughs> this is enraging. All, enraging. All, all, all normal. All normal. Oh my god! And I was like, I was like, man, how do like investigative journalists do? I mean, because I'm not even doing investigative journalism, but just like imagine, I was like, man, I, I know real like, ugh, just like the harassment and the threats. Like, I know journalists like get killed and injured and threatened like for doing actually like actual scandalous big stories, but. This is a little taste of that. And I was like, this is crazy town. Um, So, yeah. I mean, so. The story ran. Apparently, he calmed down a little bit and threw one of the other people, said it was fine as long as the name wasn't mentioned. And I was like, it was was never about you. It was never going to, but cool, thanks. Um, And then, so, like, some people stayed on. Some couple people dropped out for other reasons. One person was kind of half and half another reason and a half, like, I don't want to say afraid of him, but kind of, um, but in a weird way because they're very like loyal to him. It's yeah. I could talk all day about this anyway. So it got, it was supposed to run today, got delayed. So I believe it's going to run next week. 
And even if you, you read it, you'll be like, this was the story that <laughs> caused all this shit. <laughs> this is great. From behind the scenes. It's like a snooze fest, really. But I mean, the behind the scenes was crazy. I hope I don't have to deal with that shit again. But um, also, I guess the moral is also like, you know, I feel like too many is planet is like ruled by these asshole dudes who think they can just do whatever they want because they think they have power because they have money. And then we're made to feel like if they say something, then it's true. It's not always true, right? Like fucking check them, verify. Oh, of course. Right. And especially if they're trying to threaten somebody who does research for like work, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, you think you think I don't know who I'm dealing with? Like People are throwing threats out for with? sort of no reason. I mean, yeah, reason, but it's, it's, it's unsubstantiated. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, and yeah. So just like, I, and I was like, man, this reminds me of our president. <laughs> right now. I was like, mm. we have enough mm. of this on this planet. Like, gotta try to fight back. <laughs> okay, so that's article drops next week. Yeah, exclusive. <laughs> very boring build article. That, build that hype. Build that hype. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's me. Over to you, John. Fantastic. Um, I would love to tell you about my exciting times. Um, nothing. I mean, you know, my life update is I'm back in San Diego. Um, and, and at some point, I am also going to start writing again. Um, but I, I, did wanna, I wanted to talk about the role of um, stimulants in, in my last writing experience. Oh, my goodness. And I, yeah. And this is something that, you know, we have talked about behind the scenes. But, you know, I, am, I have never used any sort of drugs. I've never used anything. But as I found through my last experience writing the book, um, I started taking Adderall. And, um, it's like you're a college kid or, or high school kid. That's what I'm saying. I'm, you know, I was like desperate. I'm like, yo, this deadline. Uh, what do I do? Have you had experience with taking Adderall for creative use? I have. I mean, have? Not a, I want to hear more about yours first. Then I'll, then I'll tell you about mine. Again, it's not very exciting. But just I mean, I... You know, I was like, I think this could help because I, I, I can concentrate, but I couldn't concentrate. And it's really just what they say about writing is everyone's advice is always like, just get your butt in the chair, right? Mm -hmm. And it's true. Like, you literally just need to get your butt in the chair. And once you get going, you get going. But in order to facilitate that, it's not a matter of like, for me, a matter of staying awake or focusing um, is just I need to get excuses out. And, you know, my friend had some Adderall. She's like, try this. And I'm like really afraid because I, I don't do drugs. And so I only really just took I know, a quarter of it. Almost a straight edge kid. I'm, I'm almost straight <laughs> Right. And I took it and it was just like even a quarter and I, I just felt really awake. <laughs> and my great fear was that I would focus on something else. Like yeah, that is totally, That's a real fear because that happens very easily. But that wasn't how I felt and God. it was really good. But, you know, after I took it a few times, this is like maybe I'll start like two weeks before my deadline. Mm -hmm. And I'd be taking it. And then there did hit a certain point, maybe like the third or fourth time I did it, where, you know, I'm writing at three in the morning. I go to bed at like nine in the morning, maybe noon. Mm -hmm. And then I would call my friend in the morning to kind of talk about some plot stuff or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I'd just be like, I feel like a genius. You know, like I, I was writing the high. <laughs> and I've only ever felt that way sort of like in a usually like sort of like a almost manic state but this is induced and mm -hmm. i was just like this is wild i mean the next day you look at it and it's, you're i'm not a genius but you really feel like <laughs> i figured out some amazing thing this is really good and so did your friend then, agree with you though was your friend like this is great too I or mean, she like um you're just really awake you're just really oh, yeah. like on top of it and i gotta say margo <laughs> i'm a fan i love i love that at all <laughs> here's john and 
endorsing non-prescription. I, I'm endorsing, <laughs> of course. Uh, I don't know We're how adults. you put it. Oh, yeah, so yeah. I mean, this is on the list of things, this is like the stuff, you know. I've never used it in a non-outside setting. And mm. I read this great article by one of my favorite writers, Molly Young, where she talks about taking Adderall through college and writing her papers in Adderall mm-hmm. and how mm-hmm. she felt so smart on it also because she's like, I can get anything done. And in a way, it's true. You Ugh. can get anything done, whether uh-huh. or not it's what you want to quality-wise <laughs> or just whatever it may be. But this, you know, and I, it's a wonder drug. And Do I'm, you know how, how many milligrams you were taking by taking that quarter pill? No. I mean, eventually okay. I went to like half or something. Um, okay. Because yeah, did you const- and then did you know, it was a time release? or It no? was a time release, yes. Mm. And your friend and takes it for ADHD or something else? My friend just you takes know? it for, I don't know, other, she takes oh, a lot of fun. stuff, you know. Not for okay. fun. No, no. It's definitely, you know. Oh, okay. They're like prescription for her. Yeah. Yeah. And all the, da- you know, I didn't realize it was like a class two drug that's kind of hard to get sort of a little bit. <laughs> right. You have to like, it, most people have ADHD. So you have to like have yeah. a like, psychiatrist or something like you have issues. Yeah. Um, but the, the downsides that I read about or the sort of side effects, to be honest, those things all happen to me anyway. You know, like you might feel down or stay in bed all day. I'm like, yo, I'm in bed like 12 hours anyway. Like I didn't even <laughs> feel the downside, you know. Um, I can say like one upside for if you're taking it for this reason, that it means that you don't have ADHD. <laughs> oh, I, I don't. Okay. Right. Because then you feel all these effects. Like if you felt normal, so to speak, or if you felt like nothing while taking it, then you're like, uh-huh. you may have ADHD or something. And you're like, oh, uh-huh. shit. Because it's for people who don't have it. And then you feel all like the, the, like, the crazy effects of it. But if you have, um, if it's prescribed for you, like you're not going to feel the same way whatsoever as far as I know. So that's an interesting point. So you probably don't have it. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Margo but, says. <laughs> but I have an addiction to feeling like a genius the next morning. Did you feel, were you crashing? Um, like, did you feel super tired afterward? Um, I mean, just at some point I did get tired, you know, but I don't know. I don't know if my, if I crash per se, but I was like, I gotta go to bed or like, you can, you can only sit at the keyboard for so long to a certain extent, uh-huh. you know, like uh-huh. seven, eight hours of just trying to write. I mean, I did have a initially like a problem of like, I just spent three hours in the first 700 words. You know, I was like, whoa, I'm like not moving fast. <laughs> that's enough. like, that's like my normal pace. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That I don't know if that's my normal writing habit or not. So yeah, I guess I'm just here to endorse. <laughs> so John wants more. Did you snort it at all? Or were you just taking it orally? You know, that's the first thing one of my other friends, like, how did you, like, did you snort it? I was like, what are you talking about? No. <laughs> Why would I snort it? Um, Fast. I mean, I've never sort of Adderall too, but I know that's a common okay. way to take it. I had no for, idea. Yeah. I think more for people who don't like quote, need it. Uh, just, you know, it's like instant rush or, or whatnot. Um, yeah. so, well, it's funny. I'm glad you had a good experience and productive experiences mm-hmm. with yeah. it. Cause well, I didn't, not, not that, well, but, I didn't make my <laughs> but enough that you're like, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause I feel like I'm way, I'm like over the Adderall thing. I mean, I know yeah. this sounds like really bratty, but you know, there we're from in a generation that like was very normal too. Yeah. You've been there. Like, you've been there. Yeah. Like you, you buy, you, you like secretly <laughs> like code, yeah a friend or an acquaintance who has a prescription, you buy pills from them. I remember specifically I bought it from this one girl. It was like five bucks a pill. Uh, I think it was 10 milligrams each. I was like half. And of course, the first couple of times I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. And then I found, interestingly enough, like I don't have super high tolerance for most substances. 
but mm-hmm. I felt like my, my tolerance to Adderall like built up really quickly to the point mm-hmm. where like it sucked because then it was like, I wasn't able to concentrate for as long. I, I found that the, the number On of it. hours I was able to do it got shorter and shorter. And, but the physical consequences were still the same. Like they were just as extreme. Like I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically speed, right? So you know, I would crash, you know, and then I would like be super hungry and just be like totally exhausted the next day. Um, and then yes, I told sometimes I would get distracted by other because you know, you know, if you're on your computer and you stupidly open up a, a window that's not your research or your paper, then you're like, oh shit. Um, some people, a lot of people, get into cleaning uh, on Adderall sometimes oh, on right. purpose. I've heard that. Yes, yes. And then uh, I, you know, a friend gave it to me. My younger, uh, it's so funny for me to call my wilder days because most people are like, "You're not wild," uh, but you know, I've <laughs> I've had my fun. Like, you know, try mm-hmm. most things at least once. But I remember uh, one of my bartending days, very young. Uh, one of my friends, she was like the or the mom of the group, and also like everyone's drug dealer. She gave us all these pills to take at work, and I I didn't know what it was. I was like hoping it'd be something awesome, and then after I took it, I was like, "What is it?" She goes, "It's Adderall," and I was like, "Mad." <laughs> I was like, "What the fuck? I'm not writing a paper. I don't want to be on Adderall now," but I was. And then I was doing work, making drinks. And at some point, I remember I asked one of my coworkers, "I was like, hey." watch am i going to make this drink really fast cuz i had i like was in this this work this zone and then they yeah, were like yeah. they were like no <laughs> <laughs> but i felt like i was false sense of reality oh totally i mean at least i didn't break any glasses um that would be like red bull too much red bull uh so i think that's what happened to me cuz i and you know i think for my age um it became like more in vogue more common when i was uh, older and I'm thinking, like, had I been a couple of years younger, I wonder if I would have been into it way more in a bad way, you know. Um, but still a thing. But it's true. Yeah, yeah. Whatever it helps to take to, to help you focus. Um, feel. But what do you, like, have you ever done as far as, like, just to make yourself work? Like, do you, have you done anything else? Are you, like, I'm going to have coffee or I'm going to... Oh, I've tried it all, Margo. Meditate or, I don't know, caffeine pill? I've, I've tried the, 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 the napping before, the... the... Part you know portioning out skittles for like oh I did a what? little work the tomato <laughs> method you know like the timer method I, I know that. you know like people like the you skittles just reward one. yourself every ten minutes like you know every ten minutes you write something you can reward yourself with a gummy bear or just you know I've tried a lot of this sort huh. of method oh man um, I don't know. I've never heard about that one I've heard the tomato I've done the tomato one a couple times the, the, right right the tomato thing you know people pomodoro have all method. sorts of yeah. the pomodoro right mm-hmm. um you know sometimes they work sometimes they don't um but, yeah uh, for sure generally for sure speaking, no. Um, so. I feel you. I said, except for the fire of a deadline under your ass, that's all. I, that's all yeah, that really works. But it's okay, you know. Um, no deadlines these days, so not a problem. <laughs> Wait, but you said you're gonna be writing again. I have I have plans to write. Okay, is there yeah. a secret? It's secret no, right now. No, I know there's nothing. I'm doing nothing. I've done no. nothing. I've done nothing for the past three months this except play video games, which is true. Um, but that's okay. <laughs> Should we talk about my the one event that I did do in the past? Uh, yes, I preface this is quite controversial, and controversial. I disapprove. I disapprove, and disapprove. I also want, and also like, who are you turning into, John? <laughs> yeah, you know, who well, am I turning into? It's okay, but I want to hear about it though. 
So, you know, I left Mexico with intent um, to come back to America and self-quarantine for two weeks because we were going to my friend's birthday party. Um, it was in the Bay Area. And she wanted to throw an Airbnb gathering, you know, with maybe 15 of her friends. And of the people who would be there, we were the only ones coming from, I guess, via flight or driving or just from out of the city. Is like in the Bay so Area. So you mean two or three of you? Uh, me, my sister, and Amir. Okay, so and, three of you. Okay. You know, they were really... I mean, I was definitely going um, because I had sort of committed and promised to go. And beforehand, everyone got tested. You know, um, I bought a test online and swabbed my own nose. I don't know if that was actually that effective, but you can just buy your test online. And this is right during the time a month ago when, you know, San Diego and also other places, they, they, you know, they weren't testing people without symptoms because, you know, it was like the recent resurgence and Newsom had just said, Mm -hmm. like, we're reclosing, all this kind of stuff. So there was just, you know, there's a lack of testing. And it's like, why are we doing this? Like, you know, of course, everybody's concerned, but at the same time, let's gather um, for this birthday. And anybody, of course, I told and that I also in my view like this is highly irresponsible right <laughs> I <And> know. <laughs> there's a lot of talk of beforehand like when we get there we're going to be masked and social distance but you put 15 people in a house that's not going to happen right no, um, no way. you know uh how are you going to karaoke with masks on which i did however <laughs> um you know how can you do this so everybody who could show up here it's like you know you want to this is the risk, right? And this is like mm-hmm. a big event that, you know, I have not done anything at all sort of social this year. And I just flew from Mexico. Like, I'm fine to fly again. I thought we should have driven, but, you know, it's fine. So we did end up flying with my sister, mm. Amir, and me. How and was it, that part? Well, I guess it, was, it was fine. You know, the flying is, is not necessarily like the most dangerous part because you get in the airplane, you are masked, you're everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you are, in theory, everyone's very aware at the airport, like hyper aware. It's mm-hmm. the other times, you know, when you are interacting with other people. And this is coming off of, you know, a, one of my friends was going to come from New York, but he eventually decided not to. Uh, or people, a lot of these people um, who were in America before, they were like kind of socially out and about anyway, or maybe they're involved in some protests. You know, like mm-hmm. nobody was like sh- a shut in per se. So it's like, we've kind of gone this long. Let's go. But for me, you know, I coming see. from Mexico, where it's a total shut in and immediately sort of coming to America, I, I, I relaxed so many of my own personal restrictions like right away. Huh. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I mean, I can talk about this now in retrospect because we are all clean for the most part, even maybe we're asymptomatic, but everybody got tested afterwards as well. Mm, like how much, how many days afterward, like what did you get tested? Curious. Oh, I mean, I got tested maybe like a week after, like I had made an appointment uh-huh. before I left. Um, but you know, there was a sign of like, do we post social media? Of course you can't post social media because we know this is a shameful act. <laughs> right. right? But, then you're you like, let's put it on the podcast. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you know, there's no photo. You don't know who was there. Oh, no. I mean, it, w- it was a significant birthday party. I will give you that. I mean, you know? not that significant, you know, nothing's that significant, <laughs> right? I mean, <laughs> you think about, I mean, it, I mean, I had a, I had an incredible time. I, I, I have it's to good. say one of the highlights of the year, but at the same time, you know, we talk about what what is the reason to do something go somewhere whatever it may be mm-hmm. you know and of course everybody has their own personal bar and this kind of gathering you know you bring this many people together and you have a great time and it felt so normal you know um and i don't think necessarily that's what people were like oh i just need some normal time but for me where i was coming from a place where i hadn't hung out my friends in so long um it was, it was like fantastic i didn't sleep the whole weekend i, I slept probably like 10 hours in three days because i was just like you guys crazy it was 
super fun. I was like, I'm going to watch movies. I'm going to do all this stuff. Um, did you yeah. feel awkward at first? Like, did you feel like you you forgot how to socialize or did you notice oh, that in anyone else? Never, Margo, never. Right, right back <laughs> in it. Right back in it. Forget how to socialize. I was just thirsty. You... I was thirsty for conversation. <laughs> you know, like, talk to me, talk to me. Do you guys um, hug? I have to, you must, I mean, I can. Just... Yeah. So that's the thing, right? Like as soon as you basically are coming in the door, at first people like sort of mass or not mass. And then like, mm-hmm. boom, everyone's that, you know, we had jacuzzis, we had fireplace <laughs> I mean, time, we had karaoke, karaoke we had, that's yeah. we movie time. Like people are in each Aww. other's space. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was, n- there was only one of my friends who was pretty much stayed masked up the whole time. And he's like, I'm not staying over because I'm not comfortable. And he okay. didn't stay over. Was he still and... having a good, was he still having a good time? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everybody had a good time of course you know but then i found my friend who had the birthday on that sunday morning or perhaps monday morning she was like just staring out into the beautiful view and just kind of like very very still and i was like what's going on she's like i'm, I'm worried that someone's got covid oh I'm like, well i'm like it's too late 72 hours we're past that point I'm just roll with it. <laughs> i you know? yeah i mean like once you're already there it's like okay sure yeah. just go with it i mean it because yeah i mean the with the way that you guys were living and interacting like there's kind of no way you couldn't have been breathing in each other's things anyway oh no impossible so um it's it's interesting to me i mean many many things are interesting to me about that um but the interesting thing is like how you you had a covid party but every member of the covid party was like not an anti nobody was a covid denier nobody was an anti-masker everyone was like we get everyone's like this is probably not a good idea but we'll still I mean, do I don't it. Even, I don't even know these people. I, I, I mean, you know. Oh, that's um, either like I, your super good friends. I don't know. No, I mean, I don't know any anti-COVID deniers. Oh, in general, you don't. Yeah, I, I don't lucky know. Lucky you. I know, lucky me. It's very it's, good not to have those around. I don't, I don't even, I mean, I feel like even this is a big enough transgression. Oh, it, it is, <laughs> it is. But, but, it's, but it's interesting how like you had that many people and like statistically, you know, you oh, what, still how many, like, okay. How many are there COVID deniers? I don't even, I don't know. It seems like there are a lot, maybe. <laughs> it's just where I am right now. Um, uh, but it's, I'm, I'm glad that you guys got tested and negative and that's all well and done. And that was your, your crazy rebellion of, of the year, I guess. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then I got retested. Have you been tested? Yes. No, I haven't. Oh, you have not? Oh, it's a I've quick been, process. It's because I've been pretty isolated. I mean, I go, right. I do caretaking stuff for my parents and that's part of why right. I've been pretty careful because I don't want to give them anything. That's that I haven't gotten tested. Um, I was feeling sick this whole time, maybe twice. The first time was earlier. So like I contacted, you know, my doctor's office and then it was like, oh, take this quiz. I took the quiz like, okay, you should call the nurse. I called the nurse and she was like, just stay home. I was like, okay. (laughs) So I have no idea whether I had it or not. Um, but no. So I feel like maybe I should. I mean, I I can't, I can't keep up with the regulations or like the rules or the, how available it is. You know what I mean? Ah, so as I found out yesterday, um, I, I had some coffee with a friend who's a doctor and her husband's emergency room doctor. Mm. And neither of them have gotten tested, hmm. the doctors, and they're working, you know. And his reason, or maybe both their reasons, is this, is that if they get tested and they are positive, they have to self-quarantine unpaid. These oh, are the doctors. man. The medical system is so messed they up. They don't too. want to do it because they don't want to not be paid during those two weeks. Whereas uh, my flight attendant That's friend- crazy. Who's flying all over the place- they get tested and if anyone does come positive everybody in the crew gets to like i'm not gets to but they have to um go off for two weeks but it's paid right that's the that's the way it should be so messed up our medical system is so horrible yeah yeah oh god that's just oh i'm sorry to hear that that's yeah it's disturbing as shit too (laughs) yeah 
Yikes. Oh, that just makes me not want to go. <laughs> go to the doctors um i had to get some labs done so i did go to my doctor's office once during this time um but it, it was i was it was a pretty fast in and out and it wasn't crowded but i mm-hmm. so i they didn't so like the people who greet you in the beginning they're like what are you here for and i was like, labs so they didn't take my temperature or i think if i had, had like a doctor's appointment they would have um they're just like right. have you had any symptoms and i was like no they're like, go to the lab i was like okay fast fast you're, like, you're good yeah <laughs> i was like is this thorough enough i don't Okay, so please, like the 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 person who reception has the plexiglass, but then the yeah the the blood technicians have nothing in front of them. I mean, I get how they need to like position themselves differently with each person, but I was like, you don't even have like a little, a partial one. This is I know some of the plexiglass dividers are very sad, and I'm like, this is just for show, and this is not doing anything. Some of them, I'm like, this is pretty good. I love this cage, and other ones, I'm like, this is not going to do any, anything for your 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 staff at all. Like, what the hell? Anyway, that's. Just for sure. We could just yeah. go on forever about all this stuff, but you survived um, and you had a great time. <laughs> yes, thank you. We 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 all made it clean um, out of our birthday party experience gathering. Um, yeah. What are we talking about next? Oh uh, well, you had mentioned that you made a summertime playlist. Which is exciting because I feel like not too many people do that kind of thing anymore or, you know, like in terms of mixtapes or mixed CDs. Tell me about Nobody this. does it. Yeah. Um, I myself have not created a mixtape. I mean, you know, I, I call it a mixtape versus a playlist because a playlist it is sounds just so songs. Much better. Yeah. A playlist is just songs thrown together. A mixtape for me is a very special thing. You know, yes. I, Agreed. you can order it. You have to. There's a there's a I have are you a, actual mixtape. Like a, I mean, if you made a real mixtape, I mean, there's a method for me. There's like a methodology to it for you know, sure. And I, yes. I used to make tons of them for all sorts of reasons, for people, for trips, for what, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and with the, with the advent of sort of, um, I guess Spotify, you know, streaming. Like before, I had MP3s and you could do it. But as I was making this, it took me a while. Um, but one of the things that w- w- was really remarkable was like, there's no time constraint on making a mixtape anymore because before it's like I'm limited to 50 minutes on the cd so 18 mm-hmm. tracks 30 tracks whatever right i'm, I'm mm-hmm. 20 tracks choose wisely things. yeah yeah you could go long and so i was like holy shit i'm i'm gonna try to go long because you know when you listen to a spotify playlist slash mixtape you kind of want it longer because you don't want it just to end right mm-hmm. um so i was like how long do i go and so with my creating this mixtape i mean i went long i went i went double-sided i went 15 Ooh. songs on each side basically oh my god and, but it's really fun to do you know it's like a super fun thing to do and just like with a person in mind or like a yeah 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 i mean i made it for somebody i made it for a friend and like mm-hmm. themes and it was just kind of you know also sort of like a you know i was like i, I guess i missed that part when i started doing it, i was Aww. like i really miss creating something like this and Aww. I thought about nowadays, like you don't like that doesn't happen anymore. That transaction doesn't happen anymore, right? Because it's like let me send you a song, or let me send you. I mean, what what happens now? Like you know, you were a former music journalist. You like music. I like music. <laughs> uh, I have a lot of you know new summer pop that I I should probably push nice. on people. You know, oh, please, yes. yeah. Where's this you know, play- are you making this playlist public? Are you doing your newsletters anymore, John? It's oh, not public. Oh, my newsletter is not happening. It's it is not public, <laughs> but you know, it's also a collection of some of the songs I've liked over the past year or two. And to be honest, you know, I was looking at some. I went as far back as when did we meet? 2016. Some maybe 2015. 2015, yeah. So like, I haven't made anything like this at least five years. So I did go back and, and you know, oh, that's like, so you know, sweet. Our time, our time together. 
together. Oh, yes. I remember um, some of those. So, I was like, what's this? And you're like, electric youth. I remember this. Yes, yes. There's some electric youth here as well. Uh, so I was oh, like, man, so, this yes. is really throwing it back. But <laughs> it, it did make me review some of these songs. And this is the other thing I wanted to talk about for music and, and mm-hmm. to ask you was, you know, there's some songs that are classics, right? You know, you're like, yes. man, this is a real classic, 80s stuff, 90s stuff. And then I'm listening to this playlist making songs. And some of these songs just are dated. <laughs> I'm looking to yeah, my yeah. playlist from 2015. I'm like, uh, you know, I mean, the one that, mm, you know, there's that era in 2000, what, eight or nine when like Phoenix was really big. So this indie pop Yes, bands. yes. And they all sounded like that. Yeah. I can't listen to And I was, anymore. I was into it. Yeah. I was like, um, but it didn't, yeah, you hear it now and you're like, oh, wait, which one is this? Because they all sound the same. Right. But it's not like a comfortable, fun feeling of like, this is the 80s jam. Like, what? Why, wonder, is that? why is that? Well, for you in particular, maybe it's because that you weren't, because, like, you know, everyone has their, their comfort zones for their music. And for me, it's like, you know, early 2000s, like indie rock. It's like, I can always go back to that music because I was, uh, you know, college radio DJs. So that was my peak in terms of like music, act, like actively calling and listening to music and seeking it out. And so I was can go back to that. I'm dating myself for sure. I'm like, I'm an old person. Um, for I, So I wonder for you for that, that like, what do you call those thoughts? I don't know, 2010s, whatever. <laughs> um, but is there an era where you're like, I just can't return to that era? Ooh, well, I'm trying to think because there's some music, of course, that you just never like. So that's kind right. of an easy answer. Oh, let me think. Let me think. Oh, a little bit though. Okay. So within that group of music, like the sort of late nineties, early two thousands indie rock, um, there's a subset of it. It was a style, but also it was very bad. It was like these wholesome, these young, really young kids, usually from the Midwest and just like kind of shout singing, but like very like um, emotive. So, so for example, let's say like kind of saves the day. I, I don't know. Where are they from? I forget. They're not good. Like vocally, they're, they they can't sing. And so when you hear it now, I when I hear it, I'm like, oh god, <laughs> I'm not like this is really really bad. But I'm like, Ooh, okay. Anyway, so kind of to uh, sort of answer your question. So okay, I see that's your. So I'm the whole point of saying like the the peak thing. I'm just wondering if like you don't like the Phoenix type music is because like that you're already too old when that came out. Do you know oh I mean? no, I loved it. I loved it back then. You did also okay because if you were in high school, I'm wondering if you would have been like, oh yeah, this is my jam forever. You know? No, I mean I I loved I loved Phoenix back then. I loved all those indie pop records. You know, I was mm-hmm. like, uh, but now it's like I there's nothing in me. I'm like Mayor Hawthorne. Like I don't want to listen to this stuff. You know, like just <laughs> I'm listening to these tracks. I'm like these were hits that I want to listen to. I yeah, they my were. I listened in 2011, and I listen to it now in 2020, and like I can't even get through the song. You got to do some soul searching, John, and figure out what's changed. <laughs> oh, I mean, okay, maybe it's me. I don't know. Yeah, but like it's these. I, I guess these songs they don't age; they're dated. Is sort of I guess what. Yeah, I'm yeah. Get at a little bit, and I don't know why that is, and which song. But then some dated doing. sounds you like, like the 80s pop right uh yeah some of these things are like evergreen you know uh yeah like some rap songs like there's evergreen so uh, maybe it's maybe it's a youth thing the old stuff is like you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um yeah my friend you know we did a lot of singing that weekend it's like like some Ten Thousand maniacs listening you know that stuff is Aww, like of that course. era classic you know, lilith, Phil- lilith fair era and they were playing a lot of those hits and like those are not aged you know they are but they're not but maybe there's more emotion tied to them. I'm not really sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like yeah. all these thoughts. Yeah, I yeah, they're all interesting. Um, so like what? So like it's so funny when you're like, oh, old stuff from 2015. I'm like the fact that <laughs> I'm showing my age again is like, I'm like uh-huh. sometimes songs in 2015 don't seem that old to me. Still, I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm like I like this song. I was like, oh, did it come out four years ago? <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. I still like it. <laughs> 
Um, so like you have to enlighten. So what are some of your, t- the top, maybe three tracks you can think of off the top of your head that you put on this playlist that you were like, oh my God, this is oh, so back then. good. No, no. The, for the, oh, so the new, the news, the new stuff, the new stuff. Cause I don't know anything that's new. Cause I'm. Oh, I see. Well, dork. I mean, I do, I do have a summer jam that I was going to recommend. I might as well speak about it now. Oh, sure. Um, and <laughs> it's, I, it's, it's called Lo Bolado. Bolado. My Spanish is not good. I'm sorry. Uh, her name is Shimena Sarinana. I, that's not. Did you pick this up when you were in Mexico city? No, I mean, I just heard it in the radio and this song is like the great summer song. I mean, we don't actually have a summer this year. But this right. is like summer, you know, every year, you know, we talk about like summer jams or whatever it is. I like this. Yeah. Year, it's happy. It's cheerful. Uh, it's in Spanish. I'm like feeling this song. Uh, nice. So I, will, I will link to it. And yes, I cannot the wait. I threw up on there and I was like, definitely like, you know, because I was looking for, I made two sides. One's upbeat. One's a little more chill. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but, but, you know, with upbeat songs, I'm like, I, need, I could put some new stuff on here. And I'm like looking through like, what is my new stuff? You know, um, that's why I was like, man, this stuff is dated. You know, 2015 well, upbeat is like, yo, this is old. <laughs> It's true. It's true. I'm too embarrassed to talk about some of my favorite 2015 gems. I don't think that embarrassing, but I don't feel like I don't feel like talking about that now. And that I'd say that at least. Um, so well, I'm, I'm glad to hear you're back on the music train because I remember last time we had said we had agreed that there was something about this time for me at least, and I think for you, it's like my my drive to find new music just is not as strong it's as gone. it used to be. Part of it is I'm just getting old. I as I keep saying that, and like my 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 desire to listen to podcasts is like ten increased tenfold. So. Um, so, and I'm still in that. I'm like deeper into it now. And that's what one of my recommendations will be later. It will be a podcast. And oh, <laughs> because that's no, all we I do. do now. We love it. Yeah, uh, exactly. It will definitely that. Um, so I'm happy, very happy to hear that you're seeking the new music again. And then I can just bother you for recommendations. Yeah, Yay. I'm happy to say I got some music recs, guys. Um, yeah, you know, John's I'm, I'm, back. Yeah, I should do it. I'm ready. Cool it now. Let's go. Yes. Um, <laughs> 2020. I'm still subscribed to your newsletter, please. So I'm just yeah, I, so, so people tell me uh, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're gonna get back on that writing horse, including newsletter priority. <laughs> so says me. Um, all right. Well, are do you want to say anything else about? No, I just want to encourage people to, to you know take some time, make your own playlist, make your own mixtape, ten tracks, yeah. twelve tracks. You know, uh, we used to do that with my friends. Every year we drop like our own little mixtape, you know, just like this is what I've been listening to. Like music used to be so important and music used to be something that brought joy and excitement instead of something just in the background. And I had such a great time creating this and making it and sharing it, you know, that, uh, you know, I'm just, I just want, I just want people to do this. So that's it's true. Yeah, it's true. Okay, we'll move on soon. But then also, because I like to talk a lot. I do remember one of my, my good friends who's she always has good music recs. Like she wanted to, to start open up like a Spotify mixtape exchange, right? Like, oh, I'll make a playlist for you. And then you make this for me. And then I was too lazy to take her up on that. Um, but I thought that was a sweet several years ago. But I was like, oh, yeah, this is how you do like modern day mixtape. Because, you know, there is something into, like, taking the time for, like, you've got to think about the, the right order of the songs for sure. It can't just be, like, I like all these songs. Like, no, 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 Like, you have to, like, build up the moods. 
it makes like each song has a deliberate. My shit is complicated. I test it in every venue. Can I can I play it in the background? Can I play it driving? Can I play it walking? Oh can wow! I play it? Yeah, this, it's a that's process. High, it's a high bar. It's a high bar. Um, and this is, but I like this process. You know, I like to play it over and over and over and make sure that each track kind of fits. If it doesn't, whatever. You know, but it's it's not just a quick throw it together. That's what I'm saying. Like the I guess what mm-hmm. I'm saying is like intent and time. You you gotta let it bake. Nowadays, it's like, yo, I like this, like, send the link, you know? I know, I know. Um, Which is fine. We're not against this as well, but, um, yeah. It's how to combine the old with the new, right? Okay. (laughs) Huzzah! All right. So, our final topic for this podcast will be about uh, a Trader Joe's tasting panel. I know some of you are really excited to hear that. The context of this is that uh, for you super fans of the redo, super all three fans. of you, uh, yeah. John and I did a podcast where we were trying new products on the air because we, it was like our, we were in San Diego. I think because John and I probably had had maybe two, maximum three podcasts like together in person. So this was very rare. Very so we went rare. to TJ's, picked up all these snacks. Um, it was the fall too. So I remember there were some holidays themed ones and we gave our ratings on it. So apparently I came across this article. Well, A, there's a Trader Joe's podcast I did not know. I bet. <laughs> Is this your recommendation? No. No, it's not. I haven't listened. I'm not. Uh, that sounded like really strong. Um, I haven't listened to it yet. I don't know if I should get into it or not. I think I might give the taste test panel episode a go of just because it we is, have to. sounds we fascinating. Have to. Um, but it's not even, it's like the podcast is put out by the corporation. It's not like two super fans who are like, we're just going to try everything. It's like actually put it by the company. And they, there's a chance they stole this idea from us. <laughs> it's totally no, it's, it's not a chance. I stole it from the, I stole it from Grantland, but it's fine. Let's say, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of brilliant. On our podcast. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess cause like they know they have like a cult like following, including us. So it makes sense of a podcast. And I think especially during COVID, I think, I mean, they've had their podcast for a while. Margo, we have a cult following. It's just <laughs> it's, not very yes, large. It's very, but it's yeah. very tight, tight and very loyal. Thank you all. Shout out to the new, our new fan, Diane. You get a personal oh. shout out. Perfect. <laughs> um, you have not listened to this episode yet. Not yet, but I read the. I just. I just reread the article. And did you read? Did you read it yet? Yes, of course. Okay. Yes. Oh, well, well, well. Why don't you tell our listeners what it's all about? I mean, it's really just about the article. They talk about how they select uh, the panel for their new products because they're like Trader Joe's always coming out with these hot new flavors and appropriating people's foods. You know, so like, fine. So, you know, <laughs> yes. This is, this is the key point oh, that I got. Oh, side like, note, I got it. We're making our panel diverse. They you know, we're, and we're they didn't the change their. Board. We're taking the people from the front. We're taking people from the office. I was like, that's great. You know, like they're like as if people's tastes would be so tremendously different if you worked in the corporate office versus the storeroom. What we're talking about here is what we're talking about: food, <laughs> class, ethnicity, right? Oh, totally. Uh, but coded, that's what, but like that's totally. What I'm, that's like, what I'm reading. Yeah, like we're yeah, totally we're, coded. Like we have a strong cross section of, of crew members. Yeah, like it, this is food. Like you know, you, you taste buds. You know, everybody can taste different things. You don't necessarily. I mean, I, fine. It's, it's it's nice. Like we're including everybody in the company in this taste panel. And sure, you know that's that's great. And I really, I think, of course, this is the way you would do it. But they're presenting it as like we're doing it, and it's great. You know, like this is just the <laughs> obvious solution. Include everybody, right? Anyway, that's my first thought upon reading this article about that's their hilarious. taste panel. It's still, but yet, and it's, it hooked you, right? Even, even if it was out of well, like. I mean, of course, it hooked me. You know, 
<laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, I mean, I don't even like cooking or eating, but I love like Iron Chef and cooking shows. So it's like nothing interests me more than like taste panels or just panels of any sort, you know. Um, so something like this, you know, they they're really, I mean, the, the two things they end with are like, here's what we're putting on the market now, and it's so funny because it's like oh, we're, we're dropping we're dropping this uh, what is this a carne asada burrito? <laughs> yes, like, with less right, pepper. Cool. With less pepper, uh, organic salted almond butter, which, to be honest, I thought was already a thing. Uh, I did I too. Realize, I was like, <laughs> "Is this not something they've already done?" Like organic salted almond butter, which is shocking. But you know, this frozen carne asada burrito, less less pepper. I was like, and "Cool." I, I, I'm, I'm shocked they're they're behind. The papadum chips that had to oh, be yeah, sent yeah, back yeah. for retesting because of breakage issues. And <laughs> um, I don't even know what papadum is. You know, it's but, okay. I it's like a is it a lentil flour? I think it's oh oh I I know kind of it's like if you go to some South Asian restaurants sometimes it's like an appetizer. It's like a, it's almost like a cracker. It's like a very flat, crispy okay. snack made from like some sort of bean flour, and you dip it in sauce, and it's pretty delicious and crunchy. Anyway, yeah. Trader Joe's, and then actually it just reminded me like do you remember that whole thing recent this summer where I believe it was um, a young lady, a teenage girl from the Bay, who started that who started the petition to like have Trader Joe's stop naming its ethnic products like you know Trader Ming's yeah, Arabian we Joe's about it. right 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 we did and then um there was this whole statement of like oh we've been working on that anyway so we're gonna do it and then after the big news cycle was over so one of the big biggest was like we do not bend to petitions so like they're not gonna change oh, oh really they're not <laughs> right because like no one cared about the store anymore because there's like so much other shit right so on this on the sly that's what happened. So interesting, right? I damn it, I still love that place. But. Oh no, we love it. I mean, let's let's not let's not make it you know unclear. We love Trader Joe's. You especially. I'm a new convert, <laughs> but true. we like we like Trader Joe's. You know, uh, we we like we like we like everything about it. The food is nice and delicious, and it's they're doing good things. But um, this this is what stood out to me about this article in the tasting panel, right? And, and I feel like that actually goes it, it totally like matches that sort of low key coded stuff that is in their naming conventions as well it's like it's like low-key it's like low-key racism and classism right like low-key appropriation in my you know in my eyes um but in a way it's not offensive enough for, for me to not go there and buy it and so the home care products alone yeah uh, <laughs> I know, so affordable how can we not I mean, you know, this is like, I, it makes me think of like panels for my own food fun, you know, like oh. assembling food panels. And I guess I've only done it with like one peep, like one other person, like with you, like we do taste testing. Yeah. So didn't like you? Yeah. Who did you do like, yours? You did your 7-Eleven snacks one, right? I did that with one? Steph. Yeah. My friend Steph. Okay. So it was one um, other person at that time too. Okay. Yeah. But a panel is interesting because then like, yeah, would I take a cross section of my friends? You know, like, of course, like you, you have to take a cross section of your friends. Do you think your friends have good food taste? No. Really? Well, except for like... Uh, Do you? Yes. I mean, you, yes, okay. Um, no, there's, I'd say one in 10, I would trust their food taste. Ooh, in, are you serious? But you're such a... I mean, for someone who doesn't like to eat, who doesn't get hungry, like you're a pretty good foodie, it seems. I mean, I hang out with a lot of foodies and, and, and people, people who make food. People who, like, you know, cooks. And I mean, I exclusively like hanging out with like you know, chefs and people who make things, mm -hmm. but do they have good taste? Uh, I mean, aside from the professionals, what we're talking about, I mean, even some of the professionals, you don't necessarily agree with what they think, right? That's true too. They might have too good of a, they might have a too good of a palate in a way. Like... Or they're tasting things that I don't even know what they're tasting. <laughs> 
you know, once again, going back to Swarm, I follow random people on Swarm or people I've met once or twice because I'm like, I feel like they probably have a good food taste and I'll test it out a little bit and they do. But most people in my normal life, it's like, depending on where they live or what they eat, I'm like, you know, I don't really trust their taste. And some people I deliberately don't trust their taste. So I don't think one, one, one out of 10 is like a, it's not a, it's not an understatement. Uh, I Damn, John, so harsh. Too. I had no idea you held this opinion in. <laughs> Okay, so you're chasing panel would be very difficult. Although it would definitely, I'm sure you could do the products easily. Because I mean, so what's interesting is now you know I I never really thought about doing it by age, but now that I'm around more children, mm, right? Is yes. this an important factor? Well, it depends. I mean, if you're not going to market a spicy thing toward a child, I mean, right. not in the States. I know some countries, right, like, people right. just eat spicy from in the womb. But, um, like, I mean, kids are really sensitive palates, usually. So they usually just want stuff that's, like, pretty plain and they bland. Flavor bomb. Or not, or opposite. They just like candy or, like, something to taste like nothing. Mm. <laughs> this is what I found. This is what I remember. It's like, oh, why do you just want cheese pizza, you know? Or, yeah, vanilla ice cream or, or whatever. And then older people need more, I think, because our taste buds are dying. Right, right. So that would be that, That's true, exactly. That's a very important key fact. Our taste buds are dying. We need to get some fresh young 30-somethings. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, like, who are you expecting to buy this product? Like, younger people, older people, whatever. I don't, I don't know if that's a factor. Or there's people with taste, but they, they you know, have blown it away by always putting hot sauce on everything or whatever, right? <laughs> You know, so at this point, it's like they can't enjoy true. anything without hot sauce. I'm like, I can't listen to you because this is tr- also true, right? Yes, yes. Damn, so I'm like stressing out now thinking about this because at first I was like, oh, easy. All my friends, like most of my friends, like love food, can cook well. Right. Like, okay, I will say this, put this, this out, and also maybe controversial. Automatically, I was like, everyone in my panel should probably be like Asian American because <laughs> the stereotype is like Asians are always eating, right? Like, yeah. Street market, night market, midnight snack, like tea, like everything. It's like always eating, always eating, always eating. Love food, love food. It's like the reason for getting together and all that. So that's why my first thought was that. I mean, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta go a cross section of you know ethnicity. I mean, I mean, I can leave out white people. Frankly, I mean, it's fine. I don't need any opinions from that side. You know, unless depends. I mean, even if they eat stuff. I don't know, um, but like, do we go by nationality, do age? Like, I go over everything. Uh, like, is gender important in tasting? Like, I don't know. These are all things. Like, just thinking about a panel. Apparently, women have slightly better um, smell yeah. and taste. Smell and taste. So, but mm. you know, um, thinking about a whole panel was interesting to me as a thought exercise. Yes, and I guess like I one on one. I love how we're talking about this too without having listened to the. <laughs> Yeah, the episode because then I'm like, okay, how many people? First of all, and then do they rotate the people out? Do they keep the same people each time? Like, what are they they talking about? Because they have like a ton of different. You know, they have like what 490 stores or whatever. Um, I would be curious about that too. How many is too? You know, enough. And do they skew it? You know, if they're bringing me Ming's, you know, wontons, are they going to skew this one more Asian American, or are we just going to keep it with the normals? <laughs> or are they going to have like no Asians? Right. Ooh. Exactly. We don't know. Right. We're going to listen to this podcast. We're going to find out. Okay, and we'll yeah, perhaps report back, perhaps not. Just depends how exciting this is. Um, but I, I have it queued up, and perhaps I shall listen to it soon. I mean, let's be clear. They also say that the panelists are very picky. I don't know why they have to say that. Of course, they're picky. That's why they're the panelists. Right? You know, we want. I'm, I'm so my panelists that are not picky. Like, yeah, it's fine. But yeah, so that's great. So I hope one day we can assemble a panel for ourselves. Right. This will be a post-COVID fantasy goal, right? <laughs> well, now that we know 15 people in one space is fine, you know, let's go for it. Okay. But yeah. 
you you do that i'll i can do i'll call i'll call it in okay, i'll call perfect. it in give we'll me the little shopping in. list i'll get it <laughs> recommendations yes let's do our recommendations okay uh let's roll with you what do you got Oh, okay. So it's another podcast. As I said. So I, I caught this thing on NPR. Um, I'm like a really old person. Uh, and it was, it's so I, I traced it. So it was about American rehab and just like this one particular center that just exploits all of its people. And I guess like it's, the idea of it is perhaps not new to a lot of us, but just to get into the meat of it and the details and to be like con- confirmed, like this is so messed up. Okay. So the podcast is called Reveal and it's all investigative journalism. And then it has an eight part series. It's the most recent one about American rehab and it's, and it focuses on one particular company. Um, but you know, near the end says like, there are a ton of programs that are just like it. And they just, you know, some families pay into it and then they force their, their, their people to work like 60 to hundred hours a week without pay or very little pay. And then the Senate court's called just gets so freaking rich. And then you just, it's just, it's just like more illustrated, like the connections between like slavery and prison and rehab and free labor and exploitation of people and you know like capitalism and reaganomics and all that and you're like enraging um very i thought pretty compelling like i burned i repeat the name for me okay so the podcast is called reveal and the eight-part series is called american rehab it's on the more serious side yeah no all right okay and we're not just about food tests you know we have a serious (laughs) side as well All right, John, what is your recommendation for this episode? Uh, I have two, so I'll make it quick. The first one is um, a book called Big Friendship, which Hmm. I'm admittedly only halfway through, but um, it's from podcasters that I really love and writers. Uh, It's from the host of Call My Girlfriend, which is a podcast I've been listening to for a long time. mm -hmm. It's uh, Amanito Sao and Anne Friedman. I'm mispronouncing her name. Uh, But it's basically about the dissolution of their friendship. And I always sort of... Well, dissolution and the the friend therapy they go through to rebuild their friendship. And also about building and committing to uh, essentially a lifelong friendship that is just as important to you as any of your other relationships. Family, Mm. uh, romantic, anything. And uh, I love talking and reading about friendship. And Mm -hmm. this just came out maybe a month ago. And um, it's called Big Friendship. And uh, what I'm curious about is people who read this and they don't have this kind of relationship depicted. So I think there's something maybe I'd love to talk about our next episode. Um, And yeah, so that's that book I want to recommend. And then the other thing I just want to quickly recommend is also my friend in New York. She is um, a big bike rider, but I didn't even know she was doing this. She made a a short film about 10 minutes called Love Chinatown. And Mm. it's on um, basically how she grew up uh, in New York and she, you know, visited Chinatown a lot. She's actually from like the city and such. And it's, she filmed it over six months, maybe January to a couple months ago. And it's about basically how the community came together to provide food for the uh, Chinese elderly, you mm. know, a lot of the restaurant owners and such. And it's just great. And I had no idea, you know, I had no idea she was like a filmmaker. I had no idea she was making this and just dropped. And I was like, this is so good. Um, it's called awesome. Love Chinatown and I'm definitely going to link to it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds and, awesome. Um, yeah. So those are my two recommends. Oh, those both are fantastic. I'm intrigued by all of them. Perfect. Can't wait for the link. All right. You can do, would you like to do that? The outro, John? And we'll be back with episode 19, and we're going to have a huge episode 20 about something very special. Ah! Let's be ready. I can't Let's wait. Okay. All right. Fantastic. Take care, everyone. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.